Hello and welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan, and in this program, we all discover jazz, old and new, together by listening to a wide array of selections, exploring different jazz styles and topics related to jazz, we'll learn more about what it is, what it isn't, how it's developed, and what we can listen for to enhance our experience. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. Today, part three of Jazz and Politics. Jazz has always been political in some form. It is essentially African-American music. Most of the great innovators were African-American, from Buddy Bolden, who was never recorded, to Ornette Coleman and beyond. And then there was Louis Armstrong, Jelly Roll Morton, Coleman Hawkins, Lester Young, Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, and Charlie Parker. Yet most of the money was made by white musicians. It's ironic that the title of the King of Jazz was given to a white man. In fact, his name was even Paul White Man. And in 1917, the first all-white band, the original Dixieland Jazz Band, made the first jazz recording called Livery Stable Blues. And the leader, cornetist James LaRocca, claimed to have invented jazz. His music was very much influenced by King Oliver and other great African-American players. Let me play you that first recording from 1917 by the original Dixieland Jazz Band, spelled J-A-S-S. Here is Livery Stable Blues. So if you consider politics to be about power and influence, 
Then jazz was political right from the get-go in terms of the struggle for the black originators to gain recognition and wrest some of it away from the white artists who had the money, the power, and the influence to profit from the creativity and innovation of these black musicians. But strangely enough, moving to the year 2017, it appears as if any other kind of politics other than civil rights issues within jazz ends up being very controversial and maybe leading to a subtle form of censorship. It appears as if something like that happened with the late guitarist Larry Coryell. The day after Donald Trump was elected U.S. president, Coryell was interviewed by Downbeat magazine and stated, This is an unacceptable situation, he snarled into his phone. We cannot let all the work we've done as jazz musicians to help relationships between people. We can't let all that go to hell. And that's what this election is going to do. It'll take us back to the dark ages and people think that it's okay to be prejudiced again. Well, I don't accept it. We have to stand up. Trump is an imposter, a huckster, and he's got to go. Well, Coriel received a lot of flack from the many jazz artists who were on the extreme right of the political spectrum. And shortly after, he wrote a letter to Downbeat magazine apologizing for his comments, saying that, I believe that I have a responsibility to transcend politics, focusing instead on finding ways to touch people's hearts through music. Many felt it was unfortunate that he felt he had to do this, given the history of jazz as a mode of all forms of human expression, including the need to correct wrongs. Here is a Canadian recording where there is an attempt to correct a wrong. Toronto jazz singer and pianist Elizabeth Shepard, in response to certain Quebec politicians trying to make an issue out of veiled Muslim women, even though Muslims represent a tiny minority in Quebec, and women who wear the veil, are a small minority within that minority. From her album called The Signal from 2014, here is What's Happening, featuring Scott Kemp on bass and Colin Kingsmore on drums and Elizabeth Shepard on vocals and keyboard. Feel the welcome start to fade What's happening, what's happened here It's a new and different war to lose again I'm losing it Neighbors slowly turn away I'm trapped here, I'm trapped again
that stay with Canadian women making reference to political issues, turning political wrongs into political rights. Originally from Vancouver, spent lots of time in Toronto and now lives in New York, here is bassist Brandy Disterheft. Blues for Nelson Mandela.
Randy Disterheft with Rennie Roseness on piano and Gregory Hutchinson on drums, blues for Nelson Mandela. This is Discovering Jazz, today talking about jazz and politics, part three. So, you listen to that last piece, you hear the title and you ask, well, yes, the title is political, but how does the music relate to the title? A great question. I'm glad you asked. With that particular piece... I don't know. One could ask Brandy, and I suspect it has to do with a type of impressionism rather than being actual program music where certain strands of the piece are meant to consciously represent something like Peter and the Wolf, for example. That would be more directly representational. In the July 2017 issue of Downbeat Magazine, there's an an interview with jazz saxophonist Bobby Watson. And the article by Jeffrey Hines begins with a question. When a composer writes a piece of instrumental music and gives it a title, is there anything inherent in the character of the music that demands such a title? If, for example, one churning, dissonant, up-tempo number is named after an ex-spouse and another is named after a corrupt politician, can we hear anything in the music that lets us know which is which? Saxophonist Bobby Watson worked on an album uh, of underappreciated heroes of African-American history and wanted to tell the stories without lyrics, but with music that would justify the dedications. On Made in America, Watson used what is known as quotes, which is a fragment from a recognizable song that somehow makes the connection to the hero he is honoring. And the quartet also uses some more direct representational rhythms. Here's one about Major Taylor, an African-American bicyclist who became the 1899 world champion in a spring event at a competition in Montreal. Taylor couldn't ride in the pack, Watson states, because people would throw water on him or stick something in his spokes to make him crash. So he'd hang back and then fly to the front. And he says that this is what he does in this song. Drummer Lewis Nash stated that he searched for a rhythm that most sounded like a bicycle and eventually found it, starting with a stop-and-go rhythm that suggests a human-powered cycle rather than a motor-powered one. Pianist Stephen Scott and bassist Curtis Lundy and finally Watson picks up the stop-and-go rhythm and Watson adds a new melody of his own over the same pause-and-race rhythm. And Watson found a tune to quote, which is Poppity Pop Goes the Motorcycle, first recorded in 1945 by Slim Gaylord, backed by Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie. Let's hear Bobby Watson and The Cyclist for Major Taylor. Thank you. 
Bobby Watson with Lewis Nash on drums, Stephen Scott on piano, and bassist Curtis Lundy, the cyclist. A tribute to African-American cyclist who in 1899 was able to be victorious despite the racial prejudice he experienced. Let's move on to something that is more blatantly political, a Bob Dylan tune performed by jazz vocalist Kurt Elling with the help of saxophonist Branford Marcellus and drummer Jeff Tane Watts. This is from a 2018 album called The Questions, which Elling states is mostly response to the Trump administration and the road we've been going on and the rise of tribalism and fascism. A hard rains are going to fall. Kurt Elling. Oh, where have you been, my blue-eyed son? And where have you been, my darling young one? I've stumbled on the side of twelve misty mountains I've walked and I've crawled on six crooked highways I've stepped in the middle of seven sad forests I've been out in front of a dozen dead oceans I've been ten thousand miles in the mouth of a graveyard I met a young child beside a dead pony I met a white man who walked a black doe I met a young woman whose body was burning I met a young girl, she gave me a rainbow I met one man who was wounded in love Met another man who was wounded with hatred And it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's a hard rain gonna fall What did you see, my green-eyed son? And what did you see, my darling young one? I saw a newborn baby with wild wolves all around it. I saw a highway of diamonds with nobody on it. I saw a black branch with blood that kept dripping. A room full of men with their hammers of bleeding. I saw ten thousand talkers whose tongues were all broken. I saw guns and sharp swords in the hands of young children. And it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's a hard. It's a hard rain gonna fall And what did you hear, my brown-eyed son? And what did you hear, my darling young one? I heard the sound of a thunder that roared out a warning I heard the roar of a wave that could drown the whole world I heard ten thousand whispering and nobody listening I heard one person starve, I heard many people laughing I heard the song of a poet who died in the gutter I heard the sound of a clown who cried in the alley And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard rain gonna fall. It's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a 
Kurt Elling with Branford Marcellus and Jeff Tane Watts. Now for something by trumpeter-composer Wadada Leo Smith from 2012. Ten Freedom Summers comprises four discs for a total of four and a half hours of music. The compositions were organized in three principal sections. Defining Moments in America, What is Democracy, and Freedom Summers. Each section's pieces musically describes significant figures associated with the civil rights movement during 1954 to 64 and concepts relevant to the formation of institutions that evolved from human interaction, including government, media, and megacorporations. The work received very positive critical reception and 75-year-old trumpeter Wadada Leo Smith was voted top jazz artist in Downbeats Magazine's 2017 Critics Poll. He also won for Trumpet and for Best Jazz Album of the Year for his most recent album, which I might talk about uh, in future programs. The music on 10 Freedom Summers isn't program music, but as one critic pointed out, it makes its points through abstraction. Here is Wadada Leo Smith with a healthy excerpt from his composition, Martin Luther King Jr.
Wadada Leo Smith, Martin Luther King Jr. Much of small p politics involves empowering the disempowered. A group of gay musicians in Toronto have formed a 12-piece chamber pop ensemble called the Queer Songbook Orchestra. They play arrangements of popular music, some of which at least touch on jazz, by gay artists, compositions that reflect historical narratives of people in the LGBTQ communities. Their hope is that these songs and stories can promote dialogue and foster deeper community. Here is a song by the Bronsky Beat called Small Town Boy, about being gay in a world that is hostile to gays. It features jazz singer Alex Samaras, the Queer Songbook Orchestra. Small Town Boy.
Small Town Boy, the Queer Songbook Orchestra out of Toronto, featuring Alex Samaras on vocal. Let's finish with another vocal, but a vocal rendition of a Charles Mingus composition. Charles Mingus wrote this song in 1959, a few months after the death of the amazing tenor saxophonist Lester Young. It was called Goodbye Pork Pie Hat, because Lester Young was known for always wearing such a hat. In 1976, Rasan Roland Kirk put lyrics to it, lyrics that were a tribute to Lester Young, refuting any claims that his music was out of style, nothing political about it. The fact is that Lester Young, like most black musicians, faced a lot of racial prejudice, and from the age of 18, due to Jim Crow laws that would not allow black customers to certain clubs, he refused to play in the southern U.S. so long as those laws were in effect. In 1979, just prior to the death of Charles Mingus, Joni Mitchell collaborated with Charles Mingus to add lyrics to a number of his compositions and put out an album called Mingus. Playing with her were Jaco Pastorius on bass, Wayne Shorter on soprano sax, Herbie Hancock on electric piano, and Peter Erskine on drums. The lyrics that she wrote for Goodbye Pork Pie Hat I find preferable to the Roland Kirk lyrics, focusing on the prejudice that Lester Young experienced. For that reason, they are more applicable to the theme of this Discovering Jazz series on jazz and politics. Here is Goodbye Pork Pie Hat by Joni Mitchell, and this is Larry Sademan saying bye for now, and make sure you tune in to part four of Jazz and Politics. <laughs> Circus, dangerous clowns, 
balancing grateful and wonderful perceptions they have been handed day by day generations on down Dancing 